0: Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Corumbus of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martini's coming up.
1: Hey, really glad you're with us for the Tuesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. Grab your stool. We've got a lot to talk about today. There's a lot of bad and crazy. And the first one, Jim, I think is mostly bad because it means the president was lying. But I guess it's good that we're getting some more clarity on uh, exactly what our military leaders... We're telling Joe Biden uh, prior to the uh, total debacle in Afghanistan, uh, the Senate Armed Services Committee today is hearing from Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, uh, General Milley, who for some reason is still the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and General McKenzie, uh, the head of CENTCOM. And uh, nobody wanted to uh, really talk about how many Americans were left in Afghanistan. Uh, Jim Inhofe, one of the top Republicans on the committee, said simple math suggests it should be about 4,000. And uh, everybody just deferred to the State Department on the number. uh, Very mealy-mouthed on that. But when it came to military advice, months ahead of time in Afghanistan, they were very clear. Uh, You might remember that... uh, Back in August, in his interview with George Stephanopoulos, President Biden said nobody told him to keep 2,500 troops uh, in Afghanistan. There was not a big push for that. Here's how he put it. But your
2: top military advisors warned against withdrawing on this timeline. They wanted you to keep about 2,500 troops. No, they didn't. It was split. That that,
1: that wasn't true. That wasn't true.
2: They didn't tell you that they wanted troops to stay?
1: No, not not in terms of whether we were going to get out in a time frame all troops. They didn't argue against that.
2: So no one, no one told, your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall.
1: But today, uh, the generals had a very different analysis. They weren't really upset with Biden, but they wanted to make it clear that they did argue for keeping 2,500 troops there and perhaps in in some cases uh, a a little bit more, starting with General McKenzie and then General Milley. But I will give you my honest opinion and my honest opinion and view shaped my recommendation. I recommended that we maintain 2,500 troops in Afghanistan. And I also recommended earlier in the fall of 2020 that we maintain 4,500 at that time. Those are my personal views. I also have a view that the withdrawal of those forces would lead inevitably to the collapse of the Afghan military forces and eventually
2: the Afghan government. Yes, I understand that. And uh, General Milley, I assume you agree with that in terms of the recommendation of 2,500? What I said in my opening statement and the memoranda that I wrote back in the fall of 2020 remained consistent, and I do agree
1: with that. So, Jim, once again, we've caught Joe Biden in a lie. This is the Joe Biden who said in the first debate last year that he never lies to the American people, although he did say in the interview he can't remember uh, anyone giving him that advice. That might be his out, which could be even more concerning. But uh, nonetheless, what do you make of the generals uh, trying to at least cover their own backsides today, but uh, possibly point out that they told Joe Biden not to do what he ended
2: up doing. I was just say, Greg, you kind of beat me to the punchline in that uh, the only explanation in which Joe Biden did not lie in that interview with George Stephanopoulos is that President Mr. Magoo just doesn't have the memory he used to, and he just doesn't remember what he gets told in his briefings. And that's really bad too. That, that strikes me as a sort of thing where it would be time to start you know, the cabinet to start discussing the 25th Amendment. If the president can't remember what he's advised, he can't remember what he's told, he can't remember all this kind of stuff. Separately, look, if you want to talk about the impeachment over the, the Ukrainian phone call. I think if all of your military advisors say, Mr. President, you should not do this. You should keep at least 2,500 troops there. We need to keep our military people there at least until they get all of our people out. And the president says No. And it blows up in his face, and Americans die. Hell yeah, that's something worth removing a president over. Hell yeah, that's something worth accountability. So Biden has the insurance policy of a Democratic Senate, a Democratic House, and I guess some people might say Vice President Kamala Harris is a de facto insurance company uh, insurance policy that uh, lots of Americans would not necessarily be enthusiastic about that, but this. This is disgraceful. This, this is a situation that basically played out exactly as we more or less expected. If you take out all the troops before you take out all the civilians, then your civilians are stuck. Then you no longer have the ability to influence what's going on on the ground. Um, also, just further indications from uh, the testimony here, Biden played it really, you know, uh, really hedged on what he was told in the intelligence briefings and when the Taliban would take over how long the Afghan army could hold out, how long the Afghan government could hold together. Uh, and he kept saying it was inconclusive. It was inconclusive. Well, uh, it certainly doesn't sound inconclusive from various statements from our generals and things like that. It's so Fred to wonder, cutting into this hearing, there was a question of, did Austin and Milly and, and these guys, did they communicate the concerns of the people on the ground? And uh, you know, Biden insisted both throughout all this thing, that everyone and down the chain of command was in uh in agreement with his decision making which was not the case at all so the next great question be questions to this about biden uh and the question will be does biden say no they're lying or does he just stick behind his i just i can't remember what anybody was telling i can't remember what the generals advised me on this life or death decision
1: yeah not not comforting not convincing in any way shape or form and uh Tom Cotton asked General Milley why he hasn't resigned yet. And Milley basically said, unless it's illegal, I'm going to follow through on whatever the order is. So there's no protesting in principle. That would be a act of political defiance. And you can never do that as long as the horrible, horrible order is legal.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess if you do that, Greg, it means that Bob Woodward and Bob Costa don't interview as much. <laughs> or whoever his source was saying that Milley... <laughs> Handling this so heroically, the unidentified source that knew exactly what Millie was thinking from minute to minute, whoever that was. All right, well let's uh,
1: let's clear our heads a little bit here between uh, Biden not knowing what happened or or lying about it, which is uh, you know the odds are pretty much equal in either camp there, and the general's obviously spinning a bit as well. Um, we need to clear our heads, but wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep and focus and just you know, act and and feel better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can make a really big
2: difference in your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy to use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind down sessions that their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. It's been a really long couple of years here, and it's been uh, wearing
1: on a lot of people here. And as I've mentioned before, our chief of operations says that several different uh, hosts and other personnel at Radio America have used the Headspace app. And again, it's just short, uh, short meditations. And he says it's made a big difference in their focus and their ability to sleep and so forth. And uh, they all rave about Headspace. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and more than 60 million downloads. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditating. Meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com/martini. That's headspace.com/martini for a free 1-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. It's the best deal that Headspace is offering right now, so head to headspace.com/martini today. All right, Jim, last month we got rid of New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Scandal upon scandal, the groping, the harassing, of course, the nursing home deaths, the biggest scandal of all, Uh, the family preference with COVID testing, uh, staff on the book deal, threatening to withhold uh, vaccines from uh, people that didn't uh, support Andrew Cuomo. Lots of different scandals going on. So when Kathy Hochul became the governor, some people will breathe a sigh of relief. Well, as far as we know, Kathy Hochul's not groping anyone. Other than that, uh, Kathy Hochul is not distinguishing herself very well as it comes to this pandemic in a couple of different ways, just in the last few days, as a matter of fact. First of all, as of right now in the state of New York, you are no longer employed as a healthcare worker if you haven't gotten vaccinated. And as far as I know, there's no natural immunity exception here, which would probably be effective in a couple of cases. or In fact, many cases statewide for people who've been around COVID patients for the last year and a half or more. But uh, no, yesterday, Kathy Hochul saying uh, you're all done and she's bringing in the National Guard to fill in for staffing. Here's what she said.
0: And we'll be nation leading with our mandate which strikes at midnight tonight when everyone is expected in a hospital in the state of new york or a health care facility to have been vaccinated i will be signing an executive order to give me the emergency powers necessary to address the shortages where they occur that's going to allow me to deploy the national guard who are medically trained deploy people uh, who've been retired who may have had a licensed lapse bring in people from elsewhere
1: and if that weren't enough jim she's gotten very evangelistic about this uh she was uh giving comments the other day saying that god wants you to have the vaccine and god wants you to tell everybody else to get the vaccine here's how she phrased that
0: yes i know you're vaccinated you're the smart ones but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to god and what god wants you know this you know who they are i need you to be my apostles I need you to go out and talk about it and say, we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love? But to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. The left is pro evangelism, as long as it's not,
1: you know, actual evangelism or uh, other things that they don't necessarily uh, agree with here. But uh, Kathy Hochul making our health care system weaker by getting rid of the people who were heroes as of a few months ago, and then engaging in rhetoric that let's just say Republicans would get uh, absolutely crushed for if they did it on COVID or anything else.
2: Yeah, you know, anytime a governor comes out and says there are people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants, you know who they are. That's something where Republicans does it. Well, all of a sudden it's you know get your get your rosaries off my ovaries and you know where it's the unif- it's theocracy, it's uh, it's the Handmaid's Tale, you know. Then also, I know she's speaking at a Christian cultural center, and I realize this is you know she's doing it deliberately in a, in a Christian context, Greg. I don't want to speak on your behalf and and I try not to talk too much about my faith. I've had lots of, you know, messy times. I've stumbled with it. Just want to observe. I need you to be my apostles. Who are you setting yourself up as in this metaphor? <laughs> right. I need you to, I need you to go out and be God's apostles. I know you need to go out and be apostles for the good word. I, need, like, I get that, but my apostles, whoa, 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 whoa you know, what is this, a multi-level marketing scheme? I, I guess in some people's eyes, it would be characterized. that. But anyway, stepping aside to the, the issue of, I want everybody to get vaccinated. I don't like this, get vaccinated or we'll fire you mentality. And I prefer the approach of a certain, You know, I think uh, it was a hospital chain in Pennsylvania where it was like, look, we want you to get vaccinated. Uh, it's really important. You to be working with patients, you can be working with people who are vulnerable. Um, but if you've had COVID, you can Put off your vaccination for up to a year after your last positive test, which struck me as reasonable. Because the first thing, if you get vaccinated, you can still get infected, as I think most listeners to this podcast would know by now. You can also spread the virus. The good news is if you're vaccinated, you don't spread the virus as much, but, you know, the, the virus gets into your nose, you're breathing out, you can give it to other people. That's why all the mask mandates are in place for these sorts of things. So um the difference between someone who is vaccinated and the difference and someone who has had COVID-19 before isn't that big we don't have a lot of data on how much people who have had COVID-19 before and who have what's often called natural immunity we don't know we don't have great data on how much they're exhaling the virus either way the whole point is oh we got to get everybody vaccinated is because you know hospitals are crowded and hospitals are overcrowded. you know they're also short staffed. a whole bunch of doctors and nurses Anybody who is thinking about leaving the profession or thinking about retiring probably in the last, you know, 18 months to two years has done so. It's just an enormous amount of burnout in the medical community, working exceptionally long hours, extremely high pressure. Look, it takes a toll on people watching people die. But people in our medical profession and also in these nursing homes, like they're human beings and they didn't necessarily sign on or expect an experience like this one. So the first problem is if we had an abundance of doctors and nurses and nursing home workers and you're like, you know what? Anybody who's not vaccinated, you're fired. Okay, I can say, but we don't have that. In fact, we've got a shortage. We have got big shortages in some places and some nursing homes have said, we're not taking anybody else. We are too short staffed as a result of this because apparently uh, in in my eyes, the unvaccinated workers are effectively calling the governor's bluff. You don't want me to work here? Fine, let's see how well things go when you lose in some cases 10% In some cases, maybe up to 15%. Obviously, it's going to vary from institution to institution. I want everybody to get vaccinated, but I don't like this methodology. And I think at least in the short term, it's going to exacerbate the very problem it's supposed to to solve. If the problem is these institutions are short-staffed, well, then getting rid of lots of people isn't going to do it. And as much as I'm sure the National Guard is fine... Great. Apparently, we're also the plan is they want to push for visas to expedite the immigration of other doctors and stuff and nurses, and that's fine. Except now you're creating a do- problem of doctors and nurses in Ireland or the Philippines or wherever else you want to import these uh, medical workers from. Or you could just say to the medical workers who are here, Have you had COVID? Okay, then you're fine. If you haven't had COVID and you don't want to get vaccinated, I, that's a little a grayer area there. Although again, like I, I don't see this strikes me as power hungry. And the fact that she's going around, giving these, you know, stories about how she's like Jesus really is not doing any good at all. I'm completely pro vaccinated. The entire speech of the Christian cultural center just wigged me out, just seemed utterly creepy. Um, anytime somebody in government says, these are the good people who are obeying God. These are the bad people who are disobeying God. And uh, I just, you know, for the people who think that the vaccines are, you know, mark of the devil or something like that, you're just playing right into their hands by doing that stuff. So, I don't miss Cuomo yet, Greg, but I'm closer than I thought I was going to be at this point.
1: Well, if the headlines keep coming on the other Cuomo, well, at least we'll be talking about the family uh, pretty soon here. I think we've got a second accuser now on Chris Cuomo, but that's a whole different story. Look, we love the National Guard. There's a lot of skills developed in the National Guard. I'm not sure how many of them can do the same things that nurses do, though. Uh, and obviously, it's not just nurses. Uh, it could be, uh, you know, just employees of the hospital who do a variety of things. But uh, there are certain skill sets that you can't necessarily just plug and chug. So uh, like, like you said, with uh, the shortages that are already existing in a lot of places, This is just going to make things a whole lot worse. All right. Let's talk about... one of the things that can uh, help you feel better if you do come down with COVID, hopefully it's a, a mild case. Uh, at least you'll be able to rest in comfort. You know that's very important, and that's certainly true even if you don't have COVID, obviously. And My Pillow has the best products to rest in. They got the sheets, they got the mattress topper, they've got the towels, uh, and of course you've got the My Pillow slippers. Uh, they've done it again. Uh, they introduced the My Slippers after two years of development to ensure they are the highest in quality and comfort comfort. comfort, I love wearing my slippers around the house. They're so comfortable. uh, They're so soft uh, on the feet. And uh, it's just even better than walking around with no shoes at all. And the best part is is that right now with our promo code Martini, you can get up to 50% off your pair of my slippers.
2: Now, these my slippers are durable and you can wear them all day indoors, outdoors, wherever you like. They're made from beautiful leather suede. They have cozy faux fur linings and a sole that's good for indoor and outdoor use. They come in moccasin or slip-on style. They're available in a variety of colors and they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a one-year limited warranty. But you really got to know about their three-tier cushioning system. Now, the first layer is the MyPillow patented fill. They took the MyPillow patented foam that you know and love in your pillow and created a solid layer to provide incredible comfort. The second layer is the comfort memory foam. Which provides that micro comfort and support to wear all day, and the third layer is the patented impact gel, which are made from U.S. soybeans, and the impact gel is revolutionary in absorbing impact and relieving pressure.
1: Now, for a limited time, my pillow offering 50% off the new my slippers. Go to mypillow.com and click on the radio listeners square. Enter promo code MARTINI or call 800-874-0104. While you're there, take advantage of the deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and the MyPillow towel sets. But you can only save that 50% on the new MySlippers with our promo code MARTINI. So call 800-874-0104 or visit MyPillow.com today. All right, Jim, staying on the COVID front for our final martini, the Crazy Martini, Joe Biden yesterday on camera getting his third COVID shot. He's, uh, you know, he's an older American, 78, almost 79 years old. So he's getting his booster shot. He's got his third shot now. And so uh, this is the exchange that raised our eyebrows, though, and the eyebrows of quite a few other people. Uh, One of the reporters there watching all this happen saying, uh, how many Americans need to be vaccinated for us to get back to normal? Here's what Biden said. I think we get the vast majority, like, is going on in some of the, some industries and some schools, six to ninety, seven, ninety-eight percent, I think we're got awful close. And, uh, but I'm not the scientist, uh, uh, I think, but one thing for sure, a quarter of the country can't go unvaccinated and us not continue to have a problem. A little bit tough to hear there, because you know the triple vaccinated president was wearing the mask next to the healthcare worker who was vaccinated, around the entire press corps and the staff of the White House who we presume are are vaccinated. But nonetheless, yeah, ninety seven. Uh, 98% is what he says. Uh, He thinks that uh, since businesses are mandating it, we'll get close to that. We're not going to get close to that. So, Jim, the goalposts have moved in so many different ways on this. Uh, Herd immunity was supposedly, I think, around 60 or 70 at first, and then Fauci pushed it up closer to 80. And now Biden's basically saying everyone, uh, with very few exceptions, will get vaccinated. Uh, And only then can we get back to normal.
2: Not good. Correct, Greg. And it's my observation. So as of this morning, I go, you know, almost every day, I check the CDC site, look how they updated the numbers. Um, if you want to get the the toughest measurement, only 64.4% of all Americans have received at least one shot. By the way, I really prefer that measurement because apparently the first shot gives like, you know, 80% efficacy uh, against the virus. So like, you know, that first shot does a lot of good. If you're not feeling so sure about the second one, fine, just go out and get that first one. Um But that's including roughly 50 million American children, those who are 11 and younger, who aren't eligible to get COVID vaccine. So you can't really hold that against the vaccination effort. Uh, Last we heard, the Food and Drug Administration is saying midwinter, maybe I've heard some people talking, maybe Thanksgiving, uh, you know, it's it's almost October, it's not that far away. It's not sounding like it's gonna get here. But among those who are eligible, things are a lot better. We're already at 75% of every American who's eligible. We're at 77.1% of all U.S. adults. And seniors, we're at 93.6% of people who've had at least one shot. So we're actually doing that pretty good. So when you hear, you know, 96, 97, 98%, the president is stirring around, look, I realize he's speaking off the cuff and he says, you know, I'm not a scientist or, or you know, uh, you know he, he's, he's picking numbers out of the head. He, he has no idea what the le- right level is. I just decided to check how are we vaccinated against other really, other diseases where everybody seems to get them as kids. Greg, for people who are two, age two or older, right? 92.6% is like polio. Measles, mumps, and rubella is at 90.8%. That's with more than at least one dose. Hepatitis B, at least three doses, 90.6. And against chicken pox, 90.2%. That's by age two. I guess you give it, you know, people in their age three, age four, you could get it later. But like, you know, there are, not you know, Greg, I don't know about you. Have you run into any like really vocal anti-vax babies? <laughs> no, I mean, they're loud, but I don't know if they're necessarily screaming about that. And generally, if their parents, you know, give, give I get give the vaccine, you know, they could have could they have anti-vax parents, I suppose. But like the point is, is that like people we think of, people, oh, Americans are vaccinated against uh, uh, measles. Americans are vaccinated against polio. Eh, really high. But I don't know if it's up to 96, 97, 98 percent. You know, Biden's picking a number out of his set. I think it's very unlikely. Yeah, we don't. This is a novel coronavirus. We don't know what the threshold is. But I would point out: if you look at those numbers, those percentages I mentioned earlier. We've got to be knocking on the door. Once you take those percentages, and then you throw the people in who've already had COVID-19 and who presumably have the antibodies. This this virus has got to stop having uh, this, or it's got to be on the way to getting endemic, which is where it basically becomes, um, if not, you know, as say, the common cold. You know, the idea that uh, or or flu season. Uh, most of the time, you know, in the winter, you hear, oh, you hear about John, he's got the flu. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You expect the guy to be sick for a couple of days. You don't expect him to be in the hospital. You don't expect him to keel over unless he's got some immunocompromised condition or he's really getting up there in years. Um, that is likely what COVID-19 is going to gradually evolve into. An annoyance, not a life-threatening, um, society-altering, all-consuming crisis uh, that we are now well into the second year of. So that's a situation. Go out and get your shots. Let's get those numbers, percentages a little higher. And uh just just don't listen to Biden when he's speaking off the cuff. Some might say don't speak to, don't listen to Biden at all, particularly when he's talking to George Stephanopoulos. <laughs> Excellent point. Uh, I can
1: confirm. I just want to clarify my comment on, on uh, kids and, and vaccines. Uh, I know a lot of little kids are pretty anti-vax as the needle is coming through. True. Fair point, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's amazing how many will still go through with it if they're promised a donut afterwards. Yeah, because... Or a
2: lollipop or yeah.
1: So there are there are ways to to win them over. Uh anyway, Jim, excellent point about Biden on so many levels today. Uh, and we'll do it again tomorrow. See you then. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Columbus of Radio America. Thanks for being with us today. Do subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch if you don't already. Also, uh, tell your friends about us. We'd love to have them join us as well. Thank you, as always, for your five-star ratings and your very kind reviews. Get us on those home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Have a great Tuesday, and please join us again. <clears throat> Have a great Tuesday and please join us again on Wednesday for the next Three Martini Lunch.
2: There's so much going on in the news, but don't worry because we are here to talk about all the things. New information is coming out on the COVID booster shot. Video footage has leaked with migrants flooding the border at Del Rio, Texas. And the Democrats have proposed a bill to raise the debt ceiling as if our government doesn't already spend enough. Hey, it's the Chicks from the Chicks on the Right podcast. Download and subscribe to our daily podcast to hear us pick apart and pick on the news of the day. Politics to pop culture. Nobody's safe, but it's all fun. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.